Great morning already. We thank God for the singing, the teaching. Thank the Lord for the devotion that was given this morning by Gatlin. I tell you what, I thank the Lord for that. He's done a great job and we're thankful for all of our young people. Pray God will continue to use them in such a way that His name is lifted up and His name is praised for sure. And we pray God will just continue to do that. I would like to invite you to turn your Bibles this morning to the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 12. Uh, today we're bringing a message that I know is uh, on a little bit of different scale as far as what we'd normally preach on a Sunday morning. But uh, I know today being the, the last Lord's Day of this year, of 2023, I want to once again bring out a message of the importance of the house of God. We're looking into a new year as, as, the, Lord, as the Lord tarries His coming. Uh, if He doesn't come back today, uh, He'll, Lord willing, come back maybe next year. Uh, we don't know when the Lord's return is going to be, but we know it has to be soon according to all the Scripture, according to all that He gives us account of in His Word, what He does want us to know. So we know it cannot be long, so... I want, to, I want to once again speak on the, the importance of the worship in the house of God. I'm afraid that in a lot of churches today, worship in the house of God has taken on a completely different meaning. It seems to me like there's much to do of entertainment rather than true worship in the house of God with family worship. And so that's what we see here in our text. Brother Jim brought out a reason uh, why the church is so important. Because the Lord's ahead of it. Amen? Amen. Jesus Christ is our head. And folks, I want you to know uh, that makes this place a very important place. He's in our midst. That makes it doubly important. He promises Listen, and when He's in our midst, not only when He's in our midst, but of all times, He knows the hearts and minds of each and every one of us. So that's what makes the house of God, to me, seem to be so important. And it is important. Times to come together. Times to worship. Times to gather the children around. And again, you know, I thank the Lord for the way uh, this church operates. I thank the Lord that our children are here with us. As they learn, as I've spoken in my message, what I call the art of worship. And, and I don't mean that to, to sound uh, off or anything like that, but there is a, there is a way to worship. And I want our children to know I want our children to be bringing up themselves in the fear and the admonition of the Lord themselves. And I want them to see the importance why the hour of worship is so serious among God's people. In Deuteronomy in chapter 12, I want to read quite a bit of scripture here. We pray the Lord will bless it. I will try by God's grace to read the whole chapter. Because, you know, as I even look at my headings in the Bible, it talks about worship only in the special place. 
And, I, and as I talk about this, it, this was talking about the, uh, the time when the, the tabernacle and the temple were, were being a place where God says, I promise I'll be there with you. And He says, that's where I'm going to not only put my name, but that's where I'm going to have my presence. And I believe that in the New Testament era in which we live, Jesus Christ left us that very same promise. That where two or three are gathered in His name, He says, I'm going to be in the midst. That makes the house of God a specially important place to come together. The Bible says in verse 1, these are the statutes and judgments which ye shall observe to do in the land, which the Lord God of thy fathers giveth the, to thee to possess it all the days that you live upon the earth. Ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess serve their gods. And upon the high mountains and upon the hills and under every green tree, ye shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars, and burn their groves with fire. And ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods, and destroy the names of them out of that place. Ye shall not do so unto the Lord your God, but unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose, out of all your tribes, to put His name there, even unto his habitation shall you seek, and thither thou shalt come. And thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings, and your sacrifices, your tithes and heave offerings of your, of your hand, your vows and your freewill offerings, and the firstlings of your herds and your flocks. And there... Ye shall eat before the Lord your God, and ye shall rejoice in all that ye put your hand unto. Ye and your households wherein the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. Ye shall not do after all the things that we do here this day. Every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. And I've heard that so often in these latter days in which we live. Well, preacher, it really doesn't matter as long as you think you're right in your own heart. Folks, our hearts can deceive us. Amen. Our minds can lead us astray. That's the reason why the Bible tells us to try the spirits. To know whether you be in the will of God or not. The Bible says, Ye shall not do after all the things that we do here this day, and every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. For ye are not as yet come to the rest and the inheritance which the Lord God giveth you. But when you go over Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God giveth you to inherit, and when, you, when he giveth you rest from all your enemies round about, so that ye dwell in safety, then there shall be a place which the Lord your God shall choose 
to cause his name to dwell there. Thither shall you bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, your heave offerings of your hand, and all your choice vows which you vow unto the Lord. Ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God, ye and your sons and your daughters and your men servants and your maid servants and the Levite that is within your gates, for as much as he hath no part nor inheritance with you. Take heed to yourself that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that thou seest. But in the place which the Lord shall choose in one of thy tribes, there, shalt, there thou shalt offer the burnt offerings. And there thou shalt do all that I command thee. Notwithstanding, thou mayest kill and eat flesh in all thy gates, whatsoever thy soul lusteth after, according to the blessing of the Lord thy God which he hath given thee, the unclean and the clean may, may eat thereof as of the roebuck and as of the heart. Only ye shall not eat the blood, ye shall pour it upon the earth as water. Thou mayest not eat within thy gates the tithe of, the, of thy corn, or of thy wine, or of thine oil, or of the firstlings of thy herds, or of the flock, nor of any of thy vows which thou vowest, nor thy freewill offerings or heave offering of thine hand. But thou must eat them before the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, thou and thy son and thy daughter and thy manservant and thy maidservant and the Levite that is within thy gates, Thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God in all that thou puttest thy hands unto. Take heed to thyself that thou forsake not the Levite as long as thou livest upon the earth. When the Lord thy God shall enlarge thy border as he hath promised thee and thou shalt say I will eat flesh because thy soul longeth to eat flesh Thou mayest eat flesh whatsoever thy soul lusteth after. If the place which the Lord thy God hath chosen to put his name there be too far from thee, then thou shalt kill thy herd and thy flock, which the Lord hath given thee, as I have commanded thee, and thou shalt eat in thy gates whatsoever thy soul lusteth after. Even as the roebuck and the heart is eaten, so thou shalt eat them. The unclean and the clean shall eat of them alike. Only be sure that thou eat not the blood. For the blood is the life, and thou mayest not eat the life with the flesh. Thou shalt not eat of it. Thou shalt pour it upon the earth as water. Thou shalt not eat it, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee. When thou shalt do that which is right in the sight of the Lord, only the holy things which thou hast, and thy vows thou shalt take, and go into the place which the Lord shall choose. 
And thou shalt offer thy burnt offering, the flesh and the blood upon the altar of the Lord thy God. And the blood of thy sacrifices shall be poured upon the altar of the Lord thy God. And thou shalt eat the flesh. Observe and hear all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee forever, when thou dost that which is good and right in the sight of the Lord thy God. When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nation from before thee, whether thou goest to possess to the them and succeedest them and dwellest in their land, take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by following them. After that they be destroyed from before thee, and that thou inquire not after their God, saying, How did these nations serve their God? Even so will I do likewise. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God. For every abomination to the Lord which he hateth have they done unto their gods. For even their sons and their daughters they have burnt in the fire to their gods. What thing soever I command you observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereunto nor diminish from it. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne today, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, that even through the word of the Old Testament, we in the New Testament era can fashion our lives to such a degree that you would bless not only ourselves, but our families, our homes, our churches. Lord, I pray for this special blessing and anointing from on high today for this church, Emmanuel. Lord, I pray for all of her families and her children. Lord, that you would lay upon them a special blessing this year coming. Lord, that they may be found serving thee in a manner that is pleasing unto thee. Lord, that we may rid ourselves of anything that would cause us not to be blessed. And Father, I pray that as we have read this lengthy reading, Lord, that thy people's minds may already be intrigued. Lord, they may be traveling to a place where you can feel them, and you can give them the knowledge that they need, the wisdom to live and to bring up their little ones. Lord, I pray, bless us today. Forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name. His sake that I pray. And amen. Now I know that that was a lengthy reading, more so than I usually would ever do. But I believe that whole chapter has something to do with the, the, the art of worship and, and forgiveness of sin. As we live in this New Testament era, God's church, the Lord's church, the church that he established while he was upon the earth. The authorized church, I should say, is the church where I believe, according to God's word, that this is the place where he says, I will be in your midst. 
He has set aside a, a body to place his name there. And listen, as I will say and indicate later on in the message, not every organization that calls itself a church has the Holy Spirit, nor the Holy Spirit power within its walls. But I tell you, you know when you're in such a place. You understand that even as this morning's uh, opening began, we saw how everything began to flow and things began to, to go right along with everything that we're even speaking of here today. Folks, I want you to know the importance of real worship in the house of God. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, as we embark upon a new year, let us remember a very important fact. Within the gates of this house of worship, we find a uniqueness which can be noticed and experienced. A feeling of camaraderie among the people of God. A scene of brotherhood and a knowledge of the Holy Spirit presence which cannot be found in just any so-called church. Here, within these walls of worship, we have been promised a special guest presence who will come and bless His Holy Word to our hearts and to our ears. Matthew 18 and 20, the Bible says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, He says, there am I in the midst of them. Now, not every organization which calls itself a church has that kind of promise. Now think about it. But where the Holy Spirit of God is, you certainly cannot deny that fact. He works through every and in every part of our worship, our singing, our devotion, our teaching, our preaching, our time of fellowship, he is here at this moment. What is He doing? He's touching the minds and hearts and ears and changing our very persons for the better. So as we look at this message today, I, again, I just feel the importance to make us again realize what the importance of the house of God really is. This is not just a meeting place. This is not just some place uh, uh, like a bingo hall is. Listen, this is a place where people congregate for sure, but they congregate for one reason. It's not to be lifted up in our flesh, but to serve the Lord in righteousness. And as we worship Him, that we give Him our, our diligent due worship. And folks, I want you to know something. That is important because there's a lot of churches today. There's a lot of churches that didn't even meet today. It's the last Sunday. And they're not going to meet on the Lord's Day. I don't understand that. I can't comprehend that. But this one thing I do know, that regardless of what year it is, regardless if you mark time or not, this is the day that the Lord hath made. And folks, He wants us to be happy and glad in it. And the only way to do it in the right way is to worship in spirit and in truth. So I ask you today, what makes the house of God a special place to worship? 
You know, I've heard all kinds of uh, things down through the years of my ministry. I've been preaching now for some 23 years, and I want you to know I've heard all kinds of different, different angles about worship. I've heard men tell me, well, preacher, I believe that I can worship right out there in the boat just as well as I can worship in the house. I can worship on the golf course just as well as I can worship in the house of God. Folks, I want you to know something. That's hogwash. Because God didn't promise to meet with you on the, on the golf course. God didn't promise to meet with His people out on the boat. He said, I promise when you come together in my place of worship, He says, when you come to worship in spirit and truth, I will be there. That's what makes the house of God special. That's the reason why that, that I believe that as an old-fashioned preacher and an old-fashioned church, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that's one of the best places for God's people to be today. Worshiping the old-fashioned way. So what makes the house of God a special place to worship? It's a place of ridding ourselves of all which is noted as sin. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 1 through 5, the Bible speaks here that in verse 2 that ye shall utterly destroy all the places. Now, all the places here represent the, the false worship and, and the, 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 the doctrine of sin of mankind. Deuteronomy 12 and 2 says that we're to utterly destroy all the places. And that utterly destroy is for the New Testament age to destroy all our sins. Yes, even those secret sins which is known to none except the Savior and myself. It's the hidden sin that destroys churches. You go back and you think about uh, uh, Joshua in chapter 7, if you will. Joshua in chapter 7. I want you to look at some of this with me here now in verse 1. Notice what it says here. The Bible said, and, and again, we are looking at the, the sin of Achan and what he done. You know, Achan, as he uh, came back for more, he brought some little doodads with him. He brought some little trinkets with him that he wanted to, he wanted to keep for himself. And notice what it says here in verse 1. The Bible said, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmath, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. This one man's sin made God angry with the whole group. Folks, that's the reason why today the sin's got to be dealt with. Amen? That's old-fashioned, I know. And that's some of the things that people today say, well, you guys need to just uh, 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 get, a little, get a little easier on some of your, your demands. You know, I've heard people say, well, you're all just too strict. Folks, we're not too strict. This is God's Word anyhow. This is God's voice. This isn't the voice of John Lybrook or Jim Stevens or anybody else in this house. This is God's voice speaking. And he's telling us to rid ourselves of all that could constitute as sin. In Joshua verse, uh, uh, chapter 7 and verse 11, the Bible says, Israel have sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing 
and have also stolen and disassembled also, and they have put it among their own stuff. You know, a lot of times we try to do that, don't we? We try to disassemble the sin that we have committed. We try to lie about it. We try to break it down to make it to where it would fit in to, our, to the equation. That's what Achan was doing. As he took those little gods, those little trinkets, and he, and he grabbed the gold and, and, the, and the garments, you know, those, those really nice garments. The Bible states this. Those were the accursed things. Those were the things that God said you got to stay clear of. Don't take it. Don't touch it. Stay away from it. Don't even smell it. Folks, I'll tell you today, in our churches, I believe that too many have been allowed to partake of the accursed thing. That's the reason why there's no power in the house of God any longer. There's no power in, in the things that are being spoken because God's Spirit is not in that place. You know why? Because He cannot condone sin that's left unpunished and undealt with. The Bible says, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but they turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with your face with you anymore except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. You know the reason why today that you see so many, so many churches that are completely failing and falling apart, it's because that they've not dealt with the things that God says you need to deal with it. You need to take care of business. That's the reason why today that I believe the house of God here at Emmanuel has been blessed. The Lord has blessed her. I'm not saying we're perfect. We're far from being perfect. And we're far from doing everything exactly the way we ought to. But this I know. I know God knows our hearts. We've got to stay with the stuff. Amen. We've got to stay by the stuff. Here, even here in verse 12, it, you know, we see, we see an indication in the New Testament day that the devil can get a hold of you if you're not careful. The devil can take a hold and, and he can have the victory in your life if you keep sinning the way you're sinning. In verse 18 down through verse 26, we see the horror of everything that transpired. Just because one man took what he shouldn't have took, folks, you've heard the, you've heard the old adage before. You leave a you leave an old bad apple on the bottom of a barrel, and all the apples on top are going to get bad too. You see what that sin festers all the way up through the hole of the of the barrel. That's the way it does in a church too. That's the reason why God says this is a very important place to get a hold of, and this is the right place to take care of your sin problem. Get rid of it. In 1 Thessalonians if you go over, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 22 I'll not ask you to turn there but it says to abstain from every appearance or all appearance of evil or of sin. Folks I want you to know something. Even the appearance is something to be careful about. What do people see when they look at you? In what you're doing and what you're dressing, how you're dressing, and the things that you partake of, what do the outside world perceive when they see us? You see, even our appearance, even the appearance of anything evil in our lives, we've got to be careful about because that changes the outlook on the house of God from the outside world. 
This is a special place. You know, I hear people say all the time, you know what, it just ain't like it was in the old days. Well, no, it sure isn't. In the old days, in the old days, you never heard anyone uh, use foul language around another Christian. Did you just didn't hear? Then if they did, and they found out you was a Christian, the first thing they would do was apologize. You never saw people that would that would do things to the house of God itself. But nowadays, hmm, you got to be careful. That's the reason why today we have people that watch the door. You know why? Because you can't trust. There's no trust in the world today. And anything goes and everything goes. You know why? Because people have lost respect for the house of God. You know where that began? Within the house itself. That's the reason why we've got to take care of business. This is what can happen to any church which allows sin to go unpunished. But when we deal with our personal and our private and known sin... God blesses that people. You know, we go back to to Second Chronicles seven and fourteen, and and yes, this is one of the old revival verses that that you hear almost every revival. But do we really take it to heart? Do we really recognize the truth that's behind the voice that's speaking here on paper? The Bible says, if my people, who's he talking to? He's talking, this is God speaking of his own people, you and I today. If my people shall humble themselves, which are called by my name, excuse me, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, Mine eyes shall be open, and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. Folks, you want to have your prayers answered today? In the house of God, as we come, as the men gather together and pray. You know, we don't sit around and, and talk and then... Then, then one man, one man take care of the praying. Listen, we all pray. Not at the same time, but all the way around the room we pray. You know what we're praying? We're praying for your lost children. We're praying for your lost grandchildren. We're praying for your husbands and your wives that are lost and undone. We're praying that God will save them. You know what? I want God to hear that prayer. Not just hear it. But I want him to answer in the affirmative. Amen. Amen. I want want to see souls saved by God's amazing grace. I want to see changes happen within the house of God. I want to see families brought together and united to where the circle is not broken. You know what? We've had that to happen here uh, to some degree here lately and I praise God for that. You know what that was? That was answered to prayer. That was answered to prayer. There's not a service goes by, and I've told you this, and this is not a brag, but this is this is the truth. There's not been a service go by in the last nineteen, almost twenty years, that I haven't bowed my head in this prayer room or up here around this pulpit, and I have prayed, God, please save every lost soul today. You said, "Do you expect it?" Listen, if I didn't expect it, I wouldn't pray it. I know salvations of the Lord. But I'm still praying for your children. 
I'm praying for your husbands, for your wives. I'm praying for your grandchildren. I'm praying that the house of God will be a place where when we come into the house, we're all saved and on our way to heaven. Well, wouldn't that be something? Amen. What a joy that would be to know that the family circle is intact. Amen. To know that we're here and we're worshiping and we're ready to go together. What a wonderful truth to get a hold of. Now secondly, what makes the house of God a special place? It's a place of family worship. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 6 through 12, it talks about the fact that, that we're to bring our little ones to the house of God. Folks, I want you to know something. It's important to have your children in the house of God. <coughs> I had one, I had a, well, I've had two different, different couples to tell me, well, I'm just going to wait and we're going to see what they think when they get older. I'm not going to, I'm not going to force religion on them. Folks, I don't want you to force religion on them. All I want you to do is give them the story about Jesus and his crucifixion, how he died and was buried and rose again, that your soul was saved and that their souls could be saved also. Family worship. Coming into the house of God as a family. Coming into the house of God with this thing in mind. That it's the best place to be because God's in that place. Amen. Amen. I would rather have my children filled up with the word of God and with the spirit of God. Than to have them in the world filled up with the devil and the devil's crowd. The house of God is a place for family worship and praise. Here is where our little ones are trained in the art of worship. Here they can witness the act of blessings falling upon their families and their friends as they offer up unpolluted sacrifices of worship to our Heavenly Father. Deuteronomy 29 verse 9 through 15, it talks about the fact that we're to offer up holy sacrifices. What does that mean? Unpolluted. That means when we walk in that door, Number one, our sin needs to be dealt with before we come into the house of God. You said, well, preacher, I don't have anything to claim. Oh, yes, we do. We're not perfect yet. We've all sinned to come short of the glory of God. Whether it's in our mind, our eyes, our, our nose, our mouth, or whatever it is that we have done with our hands or our feet. Listen, God says, deal with it. When we come into the house of God, you want to be blessed well, preacher, I just don't get nothing out of church no more. I just don't get nothing out of your sermons anymore. I don't get fed anymore. Well, do you come expecting to be fed? Do you come expecting to have the Word of God to, to fill your cup and then flow out through your saucer? Folks, that's when you're really going to get blessed. When you come expecting with a clean heart and a clean mind. You're not polluted with, with uh, ill thoughts. Your thoughts are not, your thoughts are not, well, let's see if he shakes my hand today. Let's see if she speaks to me today. Folks, I want you to know something. When we come into the house of God, this is a place where he says, I'm going to be with you. Let's come in with the right frame of mind. Let's come in with a, with a mind to worship. And the only way to do that is to make sure we come in in the right attitude, in the right, in the right heart. Joshua 8. I'll go back to Joshua in chapter 8 for just a moment. Notice something with me here now. 
Joshua 8 and verse 34. The Bible states this now. In verse 34 and verse 35. And afterward, he read all the words of the law. Could you imagine what kind of reading that was? I just read one chapter. It wasn't near what, this, what, they, what they read here. But I want you to think about this. It says, and afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessings, the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. And there was not a word of all that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not before the congregation of Israel, with the women, with the little ones, with the strangers that were conversant among them. Family worship. Time when we gather our families together we don't throw our children off in a side room somewhere to let them play and be entertained. We, we feed them the Word of God. And folks, I'll tell you today, that's the best way to bring up our children in the house of God. They can see what goes on here and they know what to expect and they know how they are expected to be. You know, I've heard people say, well, you know, apologize for children's unruliness. Listen, they've got to learn. That's it. That's all. They, they've just not learned everything yet. And, and as they continue to come, and as they continue to come into the, and watch their moms, their dads, their grandparents worship, they'll continue to learn how to act in the house of God. Folks, there's no, there's no harm in that. People say, well, I think you need to get a hold of them children. No, I'll tell you what, I'll let the Holy Spirit drive them where He wants them. Or lead them, I should say. Folks, I want you to know something. I thank God for our children. I praise the Lord today because there are churches today that wouldn't let a child that's not saved come in and, and, and sing even. I don't, I don't agree with that. There are little children. You know what to me? Those little children can offer up some of the sweetest praise and worship that was ever heard. You know why? Because it comes from the heart. I love... Watching our young people participate in the in the worship hour. Wednesday night, when I was standing at the back door, and Gatlin came to me, young Gatlin, young brother Gatlin came to me, and he said, "I I would like to get on the rotation to start devotions." I said, "Well, praise the Lord. That's wonderful." I wanted to know if I could do it Sunday. I said, "Well, sure." Manuel don't care. Hey, folks, I want you to know something. That's sweet. That, yeah, that's right. We need more. We praise the Lord tonight or today for what He has done. But listen, it all starts in family worship. Amen. It starts with families coming together to the house of God and bringing our little ones in and bringing them up in the worship and the fear and the admonition of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 4.17, the Bible says, For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Paul, Paul taught just like this, folks. I want you to know that. You know what he taught? He taught the Word of God, period. He didn't have any self-help books. 
He didn't have any motivational speakers to come in. You know what he had? He had himself. He had other preachers. And you know what they done? They preached the Word of God. Folks, I'll tell you that. That's the, that's the only thing we need here. That's all we need. We need God's Word. Amen? Amen? <laughs> need God's Word. That's all we need. Leviticus in chapter 10. The Bible states this in verse 10 and 11. And that ye may put difference between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean. And that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord hath spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. This was the rule that was given to the priests. You know what? That's still the same rule that's given to the man of God today. Preach the whole counsel of God. Preach it all. Listen, that's how our little ones are reared up in the house of God, by teaching and preaching the Word of God. Go back with me, if you will, to Deuteronomy for just a moment in chapter 4. Deuteronomy in chapter 4. We have just a few minutes left on our radio broadcast. I don't believe I'll get all three points in, but we'll see what happens. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, the Bible says, Only take to yourself, only take heed to, your, to thyself, and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb. When the Lord said unto me, Gather me thy peop the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. Folks, family worship is one of the greatest things that you can ever get a hold of. You say, well, my, my children are grown. So are mine. You know what comes next? The grandchildren. Make sure you bring them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Now lastly, I want you to look at this. What makes the house of God a special place? It's the place of a special promise of His presence. Here God promises the children of His flocks. I will be with thee. Deuteronomy 12 and verse 5, the Bible says, But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose, out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation, shall ye seek, and thither thou shalt come. Out of all the places that call themselves a church, there is one body that he still promises I'll be there. You see, you, you're excluding all other, all other religions and all other denominations. The Bible says you walk with the Word of God and you will you'll have the presence and the promise of His continual guidance. Folks, I want you to know something today. And I still stand by the words that I've always preached. There was one authorized church. There was one church that was started by Jesus Christ. 
And it was not, as some say today, the Catholic Church. It was not the Catholic Church. But this I want you to know. It is the church. It still teaches the very same the doctrines, the same principles, the same, the same things that the apostles and, and Jesus Christ taught in the, their earthly ministry. What is that church? It is. It is the church that still sticks with the Word of God. Number one, that still was started right. What do you mean started right? It was started by Jesus Christ. Listen, all these other churches and denominations were started by men. There was one that was started by Jesus Christ. And it's the one that still teaches the same truths that Jesus taught. No other church teaches all those truths. This church does. You say, well, you've been a, been a little bit uh, uh, standoffish, ain't you, with other religions? No, not really. I just, you know, I'd like to see if you're gonna, if you're gonna serve the Lord, serve Him right, Amen. Amen. Serve Him in His church, Amen. folks. I want you to know today, this is the greatest church that I believe the Lord has ever placed upon the earth. You say, well, that's just because you're the pastor. Well, maybe so, but I still say this: this is God's place. This is where God says, "I'm going to be with you." That's what makes it special to me. The word habitation here in Deuteronomy chapter twelve. Is a Hebrew word that means to dwell, abide, or live among, to take a home, to set up a dwelling. God says, I'm going to set up a dwelling with you here. Because where two or three are gathered in my name, He says, I'm going to be in the midst. God promises that special indwelling in the house of God, which keeps His word and never departs from it. This is the reason why for old-fashioned preaching, preaching today, and old-fashioned values and practices. People often say of the church which walks in the old principles of God's Word, you're too old-fashioned for us. You need to catch up with the times or just loosen up a bit. I've heard all three of those phrases. Folks, I'll tell you what. I'm staying with the times. It was the Lord's time. Amen? Amen. You see, that's how churches today lose their statehood or their standing with God. They get away from the old paths. Compromise has ruined a lot of churches and compromise has caused many congregations to lose their candlestick. The Holy Spirit. The empowerment of the blessings of God. Matthew again, 18.24, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. It is with this assurity that I can say you are worshiping God today in a special place. Yes, we're old-fashioned. Yes, we still stand for Jeremiah 6.16. 6, that says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the way. And see, and ask for the old paths, wherein is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Folks, I want you to know something. The house of God is a special place to worship. I want us to remember that in this new year coming up. Don't ever let that get away from your thought. This is, regardless of what people say today, this is a special place. You know, I, you know I, you've heard it and I've heard it. And I've heard people say, well, this is no more different than 
then down the road somewhere, folks, I want you to know something. This is amazingly different. And I thank God for the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church.